I'm Aaron. I'm here with my mother Lisa. Hello. Hello. And so this is the second part of our Oscar movie uh, topics. Um, it, 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 there's so many movies that we wanted to kind of talk about and it was too big for one like one episode so we cut it in we had a break so this is the second part so our next movies next movie on our list was uh, going to be uh, nightmare alley yeah you you haven't so seen it. I saw it ah you saw it okay I saw it and the pitiful to say because I feel very much for Bene Benicio del Toro. That's the actor. This is uh, Guillermo that, del Toro. Ah, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I mix them all with this name. So anyway, I feel for him because he's so enthusiastically making films. He's yeah, so passionate. Passion. Yeah. Passion person. He loves every and one I of his movies. It's just that none of his movies I really like. So <laughs> I have a problem, but I like him very much. So this... Place where it's always <coughs> dark and people are miserable and poor and horrible. His life is just terrible, and it's always Tivoli or Circus. Uh, yeah, uh, um, which brings people joy and happiness. It's carnival. all rotten, rotten. <laughs> and then comes this uh, cheater, which ah. Uh, it would have been an interesting film if it would more doubled down on that. That he like, I, I like the I like the character idea that he's a is this uh, kind of uh, uh, hustler and he can kind of manipulate and he learns very fast tricks and then he kind of uses that to manipulate further and kind of he's kind of a chameleon chameleon, you know he can kind of shape-shift himself in the beginning kind of into something he can kind of make himself from this grifter homeless guy into this it's it's like uh you know like a Barry Lyndon effect where or like you 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 make yourself into, if into only, something if only yeah, yeah. it was but, Barry Lyndon <laughs> <laughs> but indeed it kind of I think it kind of uh, misses that at some point suddenly he, it becomes just a kind of uh uh a criminal case you know like where it, it doesn't it doesn't use any more of that 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 fascinating magicians uh mentalist trickery that much really anymore it, it, it kind of stales at some point i feel i i kind of was disappointed how the 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 beginning kind of introduces this interesting kind of there but then when we kind of jump forward uh, later it kind of suddenly stales it kind of flattens and it doesn't really go anywhere really anymore the story i don't really it's not an interesting story i think it all flattens out and i i can't stand the circuses and tivolis in my life because it's all misery behind it and why to glorify and make oh i hate it really much yeah so i think the doloro clearly loves that aesthetic you know the carnival aesthetic. This because that's it's how... so ugly. Everything's ugly. You should fire it off and pew all of it. It's okay. It's not for me. It's really not for me. And he makes the kind of films he likes. He it in all in all, this is a film noir remake. 
This is, this is supposed to be... war means Alain for Alain. me uh, French, Alain Delon and things. And <laughs> well, it was also Bogart and not yeah. only French, but... Yeah. It got, but like... Bradley Cooper, no, no. no. <laughs> so, okay, um, I want they to all tried and did the good work. I want to say... Okay. Also, it, it just... The biggest, like... Like like I said earlier, is that it kind of flattens the story in a way, and it and it and I'm, I'm really I don't understand how any of the writers would have really believed that that twist at the end was supposed to be believable and like a surprise. Because hardly I don't know your reaction is I feel like is that you don't even know if it was a twist that I'm talking about. So this I don't the know I don't want to the... spoil the movie for anybody, ah? but that the uh, okay. The, the the there's a twist at the end because somebody yeah. betrays somebody else. Yeah. There's okay. like a lot of trying to be like double crossing or something. Yeah, yeah. There was. And there's a there's a kind of a, a, a female character mm. that Bradley Cooper is kind of entrusting himself onto, and then there's a big betrayal twist, and it's mm. like, come on, it was that really a twist? Like that no, was the most obvious not. thing that ever happened, yeah. and it was such a ridiculous scene. It's a halfway through; you could know already what's going to happen. Yeah, and it was you not know, interesting. It was kind of but, a, if yeah. you if you make a film noir and if you make a, a crime story, you have to make it extremely intriguing mystery. You have to make it. You have to be intense, following every moment and all the characters. You cannot just play with the aesthetic. You know, yeah, yeah. Their whole, their whole, thera- like the therapy room, like the whole point was to have to have scenes in this therapy room where that he filled with this art deco stuff, but but it yeah. was just to have the art deco stuff there. You know, it, it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel like a real place, or it's just for the aesthetic. You know, so okay. so it's I don't know what to say because I think it was not a film not good. And so on, but but I feel for the director so much. He's very passionate. He loves his film. So you know, but yes, and I read that Bong Joon Ho, who made Parasite, uh-huh. this he Guillermo del Toro is his favorite director. He loves a lot of Western films, for sure. Yeah. But that's out. Directors, they like each other. Yeah, no, yeah. No. So that's good for them. And okay, but dark alleys and dirty <laughs> muds and cages and people like animals. And yeah, but hooks. but 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 uh, the dark alleys. What you are saying is something that the people he he tries to uh, refer to Will Film Noir, which is like Third Man, which also had a lot of dark alleys, and that's ah, the point. But maybe I you don't know. see it in the same way anymore. Like he, it doesn't work anymore in the same Film Noir yeah, yeah. way, or I don't know. But maybe, uh, why maybe there is an uh, audience for this film also, which loves. Many it. people love this film. For okay. sure, there is there is audience, you know that. Good. That like exactly, you know this film. Okay. Oh, but uh, let's go to the next yeah. film that we might have a lot of uh, interesting opinion, which is Don't Look Up. I don't which... think I have opinions about. It. We had very famous actors and so on, but forgettable. I think this is the least 
Oscar movie, the whole Oscar <laughs> gala. This even Coda, which is like a Disney family, yeah. was more of a of I can understand the deaf actors, you know, like the importance in the industry and stuff. But come on, don't look up. Feels like a cheat. Somebody yeah. paid a lot of money here to have this here because it feels like ah is it possible i i don't know but the leonardo dicaprio this director who made the, the big shots and you know all these type of comedies before they i think the the whole it, it was like a it was it, it feels more like a environmental campaign mm. it doesn't feel like a movie it feels like how do we tell through movies about this important issue about environmental catastrophe or something like this. It's not and they uh, just came up. They just they just taped together something that resembles a movie. That's how it feels like because this is so stupid. Stupid. Every joke is so stupid that is is this uh, Jonah Hill is so stupid in this film. And he made this wonderful mid nineties and everything. Yeah, he, yeah, wonderful. Movie, mm. It's it's you know you you put you take uh, big celebrity actors and you 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 make them into stupid characters that just uh, you know <laughs> like Meryl Streep as a president is like a complete ridiculous. It's like it's supposed to be a clever satire, but it's like the lowest of the lowest uh, joke. You know, yeah. even, even Trump is more believable than Meryl Streep, yeah. you know? Okay, so ah. let's leave this. It's uh, unbelievable. So, so uh, screenplay, music, editing, it's ridiculous, even those, you know, huge best pic picture. Best <laughs> picture? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's leave. Okay, so we get out of that. We don't want to even... So... Uh, then we have uh, uh, the last best picture film from our list is Licorice Pizza. Ah, yes. I think you have said it's like the best film. Yes. Uh, no, no. Um, <clears throat> if I had to choose from all those which were made, which were there for <coughs> the best, best picture, <coughs> I would have chosen this, yeah. From the best picture. Yeah, okay, but so I would have the... chosen another, which was also there, but not in this category. So over this. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, I think that this licorice pizza was very much uh, to the uh, special place, which I have never been, and I have don't I haven't lived that life or anything. You know, it was for them who are there. Yeah. Yeah, but still I could <coughs> identify myself in it, like, no, the young people, and there were many, many good points in it, in very fresh, like this older woman with a younger boy, with a young guy, and not as special looking, normal looking people, I like that, and very much they, all the time they were going forward, 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 they were moving, 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 energetic. Or backwards, 
They went backwards and then they went forwards and they just went when with those water beds and things. And it, I heard that it actually happened all that to his friend. So he made it for his. Yeah, it's based his on his friend. This, ba this uh, friend. Hoffman. Character. Yeah, and very very funny and things which happened and I was really like laughing aloud, screaming there. So uh -huh. in the theater. So I and. All of it done very good, very professionally. He knows how to make a film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think if it. from all of like the crafting in terms of the crafting, I think it's really the best made. Probably yeah. in in overall, Dune is also pretty well made. That's it. That's from what impressed me most. Yeah. Uh, but. Ligurie's pizza is, is, is really well made. Like you, it's very hard. Every time Paul Thomas Anderson makes a film, there's at least uh, whatever you might think of the movie or something, but it, it is uh, still a movie to be shown in movie filmmaking classes, you know, or you can learn so much from him. Yes. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful to see his passion for the craft. Yeah. He loves to make films, and he, he, he whenever he makes now he has made some like, comedies like this. He seems to really have fun to make. Like his type of humor and his type of jokes yeah, is type that yeah. he's probably really laughing on the set and like having fun. And he's like, oh my god, this is so much fun because he likes uh, mm. crazy humor and, and stuff like that. Like he likes this type of stuff. <laughs> but um, and I, I I really I really like how you what you said in the very beginning, how you said that you haven't lived that era, you haven't lived that that location or that place, but you were kind of able to emerge in it, like kind of there. That's it. that's really how I kind of also start off thinking about this film. Is that I this is this for me this films like if I say very shortly because I have some problems with this film. That's why it's not so top on my list of the film. But my problem is that where you kind of were able to emerge in it and stuff, I feel like to me it kind of felt, because you have movies about LA and the LA lifestyle, you have uh, you have many of the, many other Paul Thomas Anderson films are set in LA. Like actually I think more, probably all of them. <laughs> and they like he made this inherent vice, which was also a very much a lifestyle. Like it was a very surreal, but it was about LA. And you have uh, under the Silver Lake, which was it's very similar in the sense that it it's meant to show the lifestyle atmosphere. How That's it, also a very good movie. Very, good. I've seen it several times. Yeah, it's a, I don't it's a good tire film. of it. But I, I have a similar problem, kind of that kind of connects to that film. In a way that 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 which is that I I don't I while I well while, while I haven't lived these type of places and stuff uh, it doesn't matter when you make a movie when you apply the kind of universal themes and characters that you can understand if it's, it's if it's really like a movie that you have an opening to go in you can kind of understand that and you can kind of relate to the characters kind of like um, because this this it's very clear how this film, this Licorice Pizza, takes a lot of cues from uh, movies like American Graffiti, of George Lucas, 
it actually it recreates the scenes directly from that film, like the opening toilet that explodes. It's this exact same scene <laughs> is in American yeah. Graffiti. It's like a direct homage to George Lucas and that film. And uh, Ricard Link later with Dazed and Confused, which is uh, uh, also a very similar film. It's, these are like childhood lifestyle films, kind of coming of age. And it's more concerning this kind of ongoing, endless time than having like a strict uh, beginning and an end. It's like a kind of a slice of life type yes. of thing. But what yeah. the, the what was what's in Graffiti, graffiti uh, but more like Linglander, what I always loved is that he is ab- always able to utilize these universal themes. I I can really relate to those characters, even though I don't live that world and that culture. But they feel human like me, where and 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 the situations. But where uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, many of his films and. Uh, whenever he makes a comedy about L.A. and Under the Silver Lake, and especially this Ligurius pizza, I feel like it's made by a L.A. guy for people in L.A. who understand yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I have a very hard time differentiating what am I supposed to be laughing or not laughing. I don't ah, really... This I didn't think at all. I knew that that he yeah. made that and it's supposed to be but I didn't care I just love it yeah so and I think many people maybe don't care or something and I, I've heard most reactions from LA you know like people in LA love that film well clearly because it's for them it's it's so much for them that I feel like it, it's, it's as if it, from my point of view for me it alienates people outside of LA no I, I don't need that connection maybe, yeah maybe I, for you it doesn't but I'm Telling from my experience that I felt like this is how I felt like that I'm in a party, and I'm in a I I I'm in a group of people, and then they tell an inside joke that everybody else gets, and I'm left there awkwardly, standing oh. and feeling like I don't know what's the point or what what was the joke, and I just kind of uh-huh. want to go home. That was the whole film for me. I, to me. Where Under the Silver Lake felt uh, it was a, a surreal film. And it was meant to seen as a surreal film. So I kind mm. of get it where, what I'm supposed to be looking. I'm supposed to mm. look like a dream world. But Ligurius Pizza, I don't really know what's supposed to be funny and what's not. To me, everything is completely insane. Everything in the film. So is it, is it, is it supposed to be? Because that's the problem. What is What in the film is sincere like pure loving sincerity real grounded emotion and what is a joke that I don't I don't know the difference because LA I is think it's according, I it sincere according to this it. this film for me LA and America is absolute insanity that's how it ah. looks to me I don't he, he didn't thought about that he didn't I feel like Tom Paul Thomas others didn't mind or didn't thought about how somebody out of LA would look at this film because he didn't probably care he just made what is fun for him but I I happen to have the same kind of uh, taste and I love it so so made so well it was well made but I had a hard time to get into it I had a hard time to get into the characters 
<coughs> also, also, I I would have I could I could tell more about the actual character, like the story and the plot, how it doesn't really serve the characters, and I had some problems uh, with the humor. For example, I was I was a little bit uncomfortable uh, with the with the weird uh, Chinese jokes uh, that. Oh. I was in Japanese. I don't even remember anymore. But uh, there was a there was a restaurant, and there was an American owner, and there was that this was really really, really caricaturing. Oh, it was it was really a bit. It felt really weird and off, and I don't understand why Paul Thomas Anderson didn't really see it, that this is this is a little bit weird, that we are laughing because, at because uh, he sees it probably in other ways. No, I I I thought it was really great. Yeah, well, it, it, it and when the bus, bit. you remember the bus? They were driving that bus, and when it started to go backwards, I was screaming really. Yeah, <laughs> all that, that was a, it was a it was a well it was a good a good scene. It was a great scene. Although I again because I wasn't really into the characters, I had hard time understanding why this boy has to keep on. Uh, accelerating this whole situation, I didn't really yeah. see his like the point. But it's just for his masculinity to prove to the girl something, or he I don't had know. A point there, yeah. I don't he know. Had to. I don't, I think he has a little bit of a problem establishing like the setting up of his jokes, and um, mm-hmm. while 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 the actual situations are well shot and thought. Yeah, some pen and all this. It's wonderfully shot, wonderfully made shots, but I don't really get the joke. And and yeah, it was funny. And all the running, they are all the time running at each other. No, because they are running. It's it proves that they are they are going forward in the life. They are young. They are running. I at the at the very because (laughs) at the very end when they are running together and the girl says I love you, I don't know why she loves him. I have no idea why it can be that they break up the next day. Maybe that's the point that it's not uh, Paul Thomas Anderson always makes films about relation dynamics that are kind of toxic or kind of hostile or they are not meant to last or something. He always makes about relationships. Uh It's like the center point of his films and Mm. kind of the, the complexities and kind of stuff like this. But but all throughout the film, it's like about to be about these two characters who are kind of meant to all the time come together always. That's the whole point. That at the, at the end of every section of the film, they kind of find each other again and they cannot be apart from each other. And that's kind of the whole main point of the film to structure it that way and everything like this. But he doesn't make effort to un- make me understand what makes, because it's mostly about the girl, if we are honest. The boy becomes a background character or just, you know, loving or, you know, supportive character for the girl. Because mostly it's the girl who leaves the guy for some other man. And then we always compare then the man of the new man interest to the man. And then he kind of comes back. But every single time it feels like she got bored or something and she wants somebody else. And then she's disappointed in the new man. And then she just settles back with the boy, I, and then it happens again I, yeah. and again. And I got so bored of this story 
that but I, I understood her completely and I don't think it's like that at all I think it's wanted to say with it that it's in that time of the when it happens you know in that time so it was so in the society that or maybe even now that all the women and younger guys not uh, go compatible so she she goes after what the society tells her she, that's what i think because that's how it was well that's the movie didn't explain that very well but I know it. There's yeah, but you said yourself that you have to know it's an inside joke, and so some of it I understood, and this is what happened there, and that's what I think. I think. Uh, I, I'm not so sure. I I feel like now the movie is more, like I feel like back then the movie wouldn't back maybe before the movie ha wouldn't be so. Uh, uh, like, I don't. I I feel like it's not about. The, yeah, I feel like the age difference in the movie is not about that. It's not about the society not wanting them to be together. That's the that's the critique of the film now is that they are there's age difference, but the film, I feel, which is interesting aspect of the film. I like that aspect of the film in a philosophical thematic way, is that. The, they are age different and, and the, the, what he is trying to do there is that we have an older uh, woman, young adult woman and a younger boy who are kind of uh, um, uh, the, the, the opposites of each other there's this weird kind of yin-yang dualistic uh, magnetic stuff happening where the boy is interested in the woman and the boy wants to be an adult all throughout the film he's he has a business you know he's all the time uh, acting as if he's a big adult guy or drinking or smoking or whatever and then in the same time the girl who like kind of is in the brick of her adult independence and is kind of uh, going off to become to be an adult in the society she wants to be in her heart still young and a kid uh, she does she, she, she's a little bit afraid to step forward to that adultery and that you know independence of that so they are kind of wanting stuff from each other that they cannot be themselves and i do it's like also, that dynamic between them it's yeah. also a metaphor between the director and the Los, Los Angeles and so on. Yeah, so maybe so. Take, yeah, but obviously it's very deep. It's many-sided. Yeah, it's but wonderful. I, I like that, but I don't think he made a good film about that. He made he made he great films before and stuff, but I don't feel I. Yeah, I didn't get into it. Maybe you liked it. Other people like like Nightmare Mally. Other people like it, but yeah, I didn't get into it. Had this problem. Okay. So. Anyway, so that's that's all of our um, Oscar uh, best picture film. So then we had other uh, movies in the Oscars that we wanted to mention also. Uh, for example, you saw this uh, Parallel Mothers from Al yes. Almanova. So yes, and shortly I can say uh, mm -hmm. that I think that's one of the 
two best films, like extras with. Um, so this would be on the top of the whole the Oscar. This films. with with this other one which we haven't mentioned yet, I would be on the either one of them as good. So. Yeah. Parallel Mothers, it's very, very important film and very well done. It's exactly masterwork from Almodovar. <coughs> and it's also in in a private bit individuals, bit, bit this girl, this woman and another. And they are both on different sides of a Spanish um, society. Uh -huh. One is on the poor side and one is from the elite. And that's what happened in the fascist rule of Franco. And uh, it deals with that. So it's wow. very important. It's the, at last they are starting to deal with that horrible problem they have in that country. So Almodovar jumped into it. And so Penelope Cruz is from the so-called poor Nowadays, and they are on the same level because it's nowadays. But in the in fact, they haven't solved the problem from before. So she's from the poor side, and the other is from the elite, which always had all what she wanted because they were killing the poor ones in the Franco time. Mm -hmm. And so they're opening the graves there, and so the and the child is going from hand to hand, and who gets the child, and so on. So it's just ingenious wow okay that's what I have to say yeah. with it you go and see it and think by yourself and the uh, Almodovar made it it's, it's one suburb film after another yeah. it's just I'm waiting for the next he has a consistent quality this film yes wonderful okay and then we have uh, is this the worst movie of all the Oscars, The Lost Daughter? <laughs> no, it's not the worst because Olivia Coleman, poor her, she had to act, she made really good. Only because of her it's okay, this film that lads all together at all. But it has a big problem, this film. Really big problem. And what is that? It's it's based on a bluff. Mm -hmm. It's a clear to me when I saw. You see, I have not read this Elena Ferrante. Elena Ferrante is a pen name for a person or persons, uh -huh. who nobody knows who, and Italian who writes books. And so they made it on this book. On her on her book, this thing, so. So I never read this because I had an instinctive feeling that there's something wrong there. That they, I don't. I have seen parts of the of the stories and I've seen some films they have done out of this, and it doesn't ring true to me at all. And it goes obviously, poor Maggie Yulendal went into this bluff. With blind eyes. So, and what do you mean about this bluff? What do you mean when you say that it's a bluff? Well, it's just a feeling because I can't prove any of it because this person wouldn't who, who wrote the books wouldn't come out and say it's a bluff. He's hiding <laughs> somewhere, writing these things. It's endless books 
writing and writing and writing these books but and they are all... he is writing them herself, it's not like uh, that... Uh, Who knows? Uh, nobody knows, it's called Elena Ferrande, which is not a person, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pen name and uh, maybe it's two people or whatever, but it doesn't sound true. And I was first, I was so waiting for this film because The Lost Daughter, what a name! But the name, but you know that this is one of the bluffs that this person knows how to write. So, and Olivia Colman, who makes anything good, anything. So, so the story, she goes into this beach and wonderful. I first, I see this beach and she's settling there and she has a summer house in the hotel where she's staying and she's a, professor or something, writer, I thought, wow, this will be a great film. So no, it was only the first few minutes. On the moment this other family comes there, I knew this is a bluff. <coughs> I, I can't prove it, but I know, I feel it in myself that this, this criminal Greek, it happens in Greece, I think, or criminal family who wants all the beats for him themselves, they are, they are openly criminal family, uh -huh. so mafia or something. Uh -huh. So, so she goes opposite them and says, "I'm not budging from my spot." All this sounds—it's not true. It's not true. And then she goes back to the house and one time, and the, uh, somebody throws very hard—not a stone, but a cone from the tree. It drops Capu. from the tree. No, Capu. Somebody throws on her back with all force a Capu, a cone. I think it and so she gets, so she gets a, a what Mark. do you call it? Blue spot. No, oh, much worse. It's really hard. A really bad thing in the back which has to be taken care of. And who writes this kind of stuff? It's bluffing, <laughs> it's like crazy bluffing. So it's like this criminal family starts to go on her in a, in a bad way. Mean people, really mean people, even throw coal on your back. And then she herself goes and steals the doll from the girl and the beach. And, woo, and then she keeps it in the cupboard. In the I can't even go... I could go one by one on the whole film, all the terrible things that happened there. And then there are, and, and all these good actors are there, you know, available, doing a horribly bad movie. Yeah. So Jesse Buckley, who got a nomination for the side part, she, yeah, she acts as the young Olivia Coleman. And so all this story about that she's bothered by these two girl daughters of hers very much and so she leaves them for a year, I think, or was it more, and the husband. So all doesn't sound true, it doesn't ring true at all. It's okay, 
things happen. Somebody can throw a cone. I can't prove it. Somebody can throw a cone on your back so you will die even vomit sooner or later. So badly. And you can get into your head to steal from a daughter, from a girl, little girl, a doll, and take it to your home and start to dress it and work on it. And so, okay. But stupid it's all stupid we talked very long time in the beginning we talked about drive my car with all those details but that don't ring true there and that's you can see you could feel it no that the man was crying there and it's not ring true uh, not not ring true i think i feel like what you're are you talking about that it's overrated it's completely bluff. Everybody went into a big bluff. This person is making money, crazy money, this Elena Ferrante, selling millions of books on this stuff. Yeah, but I can, I, I, you, you, are you saying that people like it and overrate it? Then it's not as good as people make it out to be. It's not at all mean? good. Okay. It's not, cannot even overrate because it's no rate. I feel it's like nothing. that's what I feel like that's what you are saying is that it's uh, that's what I'm you're saying. You're just emotionally saying it, but that's what you mean I'm is that they are it's overrated, low quality storytelling that everybody feels like is high intellectual. Yes, exactly. Okay. High intellectual, the cone in your back. So ooh, okay. <laughs> I feel okay. I have to I have to mention about this cone because you have said it so many times. I feel like it dropped from the tree because later you have no. the, you had the same scene because. You have the same. You have the scene later on when she's walking again that same path, and she's watching for the trees if there is cones dropping on her, because she was she's now afraid that cones will drop on her from the trees. So I was pretty I'm pretty sure that it's the cone is meant to come from the tree. But anyway, it was Ed that. Harris. Ed Harris who threw it on her, and that's it. That's you know how happy how happy I was. Anywhere. You know how happy I was when I saw Ed Harris there. I love Ed Harris. I love this Dakota Johnson. All these people who were there, these actors, I just love them. And then all what they did was just dirt. Dirt. It's how nothing. Do you, how do you think Ed Harris threw the code now? Because he was... Uh, working for this criminal mafia family, and his work, uh, uh, he he's one of them. The one workers for the mafia. He keeps the hotel, and he was very nasty. There are a lot of people who are really, really evil, evil. <laughs> so Ed Harris was one of the evil ones, and even he came in the coffee shop to her and say something very evil. You know, to trying to do to her, and then she go on, she shows as evil things, saying that ah, I know that you did about the cone. That she said to him that she knows that he threw the cone, but not in those words. So Look at you it again. Okay, Look yeah. at it again. Wow, okay. Yeah. So Ed Harris was evil. I don't believe it for a second that this. Uh, it feels like uh, when you talk about this big mess uh, i feel like when you talk about this really really evil evil really evil stuff and characters i feel like we watched another film because i would say more like 
you know, really evil, evil sounds something much more horrible than what happened in that. But film. I got so angry. I'm, <laughs> I'm emotional now because I was so ang angry that this person, this Elena Ferrante, wants to cheat. Cheat people who go into this bluff. It's not nice. Yeah. And yeah, and she couldn't fool me because I noticed this yeah. immediately. I've seen so many films in my life, and so, and I felt it already in the beginning in the books that it's not. I tried once to watch. I think it was in Netflix or wherever it was in in the television a serial of this girl. There's a. She wrote a books about two girls who are friends. I tried once to watch it and I just couldn't be. It's nothing. It's pure uh, dirt. So all the feelings. You know, to, you are not a nice person if you take feelings and you treat them not well. You can have all kinds of feelings with uh, your characters. Yeah. You can have them evil. You can have them anything. But don't don't do that. Yeah, I, I feel like you, just in your talk, like the way you kind of uh, take it in, feels more than just that it's a bad movie. You feel like there's really like this malice and this like malice that it's like really evil. People. Somehow this writer, what he's doing and stuff like this. It's and no, I, maybe <laughs> it's a good, maybe it's okay this person, but the acts are not nice. How she's cheating people. How, how he makes people. this pseudo-high-intellectual story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand. Exactly. I understand. Like, like if he if he try to move on from this, is that well, I understand your like, like I for example, I might have a very similar way of uh, uh, feeling of of similar like kind of uh, pretending to be something, you know. And, and everybody's buying it and something yeah. like this, which is, uh, for example, I, I have a long, long time ago, I had this kind of uh, hatred over uh, Paolo Coelho and Alchemist. Yeah. It was like yeah. this, for me, it's kind of a, it's an example of this, like a yeah. pseudo-spiritualism or that's this yeah. kind of like, okay, it's a, a kind of cheating a little bit, a kind of the, the most obvious uh, spiritual kind of, uh, allegorical but, story and it's like okay you you did the the easiest job but in, at in least story, he but. was honest in it this paulo coelho he went on his own name <laughs> that's why i'm not angry with him it's okay. <laughs> he's okay you can choose if you do it or not but ha Okay, yeah, but oh, but so so but. Maggie Yellendal, I pity her because it is what her, I think it's first or second directing what she's doing <coughs> here, baby first, and so, I would have ble wanted good for her. So, um, I when I originally saw this film, I gave it a very high score, and I remember you being very angry <laughs> and uh, giving your opinion over it. And I and I was very like kind of surprised, like wow, you really had these strong feelings of this movie, and you were very shocked of my kind of that that you you said that I'm kind of uh, I I got uh, fooled 
to be, yeah. you know, like I, mm. I saw the high intellectuality of it and I, you know, it was this cheat. And, um, and the, and, and it was, it was a very interesting thing because I gave that high, that score. The interesting thing about it was that I, I, I was kind of impressed in the movie uh, because uh, of the, the 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 mystery and the 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 kind of uh, topic of children and the difficulty of to be a parent where you don't want to be a parent. And, yeah. and and the kind of whole that whole flashback scenes and stuff that intrigued me so much that I because I I I was kind of living that for for that character I I was kind of like what you were talking about licorice pizza that you understood what they felt I I understood that because uh, you know I I have those hard times with with kids and that you mm. sometimes feel like well if, would it, maybe it would have been better to not have kids and stuff. I understand those that struggle, and so mm. and I'm I'm kind of they're a little bit older even in that film. I have like smaller kids, but it it is a struggle sometimes, and like you you have these very desperate moments, and it I I was very intrigued of the idea of some how to explore a character who then leaves uh, family or something because mm. she's like and and then we kind of paralleling that to this older Olivia Colman who is kind of suffering from that and stuff and so at when it was kind of at the end and I was like okay it's pretty impactful film but I didn't see the last scene I I I, I when I came to try writing I stopped right at uh, where Dakota Johnson confronts Olivia Colman at the end at the very at the very end and I'm like, okay, it's a pretty interesting movie so far. I'm, I'm very, you know, immersed into it and everything like that. But I had to stop it because I had family stuff or something. I will watch it later. Okay, it's a, you know, great film, good, good rating and stuff. And then I saw your comments of it, everything and stuff. And I was like, okay. And then I watched it at the end. And the last scenes of the film was so bad. <laughs> really, I'm, I'm very funny that I didn't that I missed just those scenes. And then after I saw those scenes, the, the result of the confrontation, which is, I, I understand, I kind of ally with you by saying it was really stupid, stupid scene. Stupid. And then the very end of how it chose to end the character is such a cheat, such a stupid, <laughs> such a stupid uh, place to leave your story it's 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 the really the because i don't want to spoil it let's we don't try to mm, spoil it okay. to anybody but okay. it's 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 again like paul coelho where you really take the easiest road you know you, you mm. didn't came up any other resolution for your story and then you just decided to do the 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 basic the the cliche you know the yeah. where it when you leave your character like this in this type of story, I, I don't know what it's meant to even say anymore. You know, mm. it, it just doesn't say it. It's just like a blah. Okay, fine. We we'll, we we'll leave the story here, and it's like 
you can do that and other films have done this ending much better for example like a very weird association in my mind mandy did the same ending but in a in a different style of movie but very meaningful ending and same same basic idea of how to end the film but it's pseudo intellectual and all kinds uh, to, of to me to me it's just bad writing just like drive my car had kind of bad writing and maybe like not skilled directing for your scenes here also i felt like Maggie Gyllenhaal, there, there is something interesting there. I give. I That's give what credit. Elena Ferrante does. There's something interesting it's, it's there, and then everybody. Premise. It's an interesting premise. It's an interesting structure, uh, but you you could have made a better film about that. And Maggie Gyllenhaal just you know, um, so he, he just he just uh, yeah, he just you know got short you know and yeah but our, can you believe it, it that it's <laughs> it's this Elena Fernandez who has written this book so what Maggie Yulendal can do about it you no, can do whatever no. you want Godard famously mm. threw the book out of the window and said well, I'll make my own film you can do yeah, whatever that's different. Uh, that's different you can you can take a short story of uh, Murakami and just you know expand it into three hour film just but, just like just like uh, Peter Jackson took like a little hobby that made free films out of <laughs> little. But Hamaguchi was really a nice person with his film. He was true. He didn't succeed completely. He didn't succeed completely, but he he was true to himself. He was not lying anything. Well, I don't know if 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 I I wouldn't maybe go so far to say that everybody's lying. And like this malice that you are kind of implying on this and everything. If there was malice there. <laughs> I, that's, I, yeah. that's not unforgivable. <laughs> I see it as bad writing. And this adapted screenplay nomination is not earned. I think it's not a lucky, no. lucky that. Maybe maybe there's there's some good stuff in the story. Should have been polished a little bit. And also the directing and anything could have been much better. You know, could have. But been I know. I know that whatever with Elena Ferrante from now, I will not touch. <laughs> Whether even Anthony Hopkins or anybody in the film, I will not touch. <laughs> I will not go into the trap anymore. Okay, but then we go to a very great film next that will yes. lift your uh, mind, which is The Hand of oh, God. Yes. Ah, Hand of God? Yes. Yes, so this is the second. This was the. The other film with Parallel Mothers and Hand of God, they're both equally good. So either one of them could have won the best film prize. So You mean they're like best picture good. or best yeah. international? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Best picture they could have been instead of that Disney, this family. <laughs> no, okay. So Hand of God is a story of a boy growing up a man to be a man and it's his like his own based on his own Paolo Sorrentino's life so and it happens in Napoli and very very nicely it's in it's in the revolving into it this Maradona character 
you were a little bit sad that people made maybe too much of a connection with Maradona. Yeah. That they think that it's about him. Yeah, if they get in the advertisement that this is about Maradona, so it's not about Maradona. Yeah, they, it's yeah, a, the name of it's Hand a, of God is about Maradona, so yes. I was also a little bit confused. Yes, so maybe you wouldn't look at the film if you don't like football or something, but this is not yeah. about football, it's about society, it's interwoven in the time of the... Also, this is one of the films which is in the time of the, of the life of those people. It happened those times in Napoli, so yeah, and not only absolutely not well only done. historical that you just mentioned that it's about a different time, but it's it's a it's a noticeable to say that it's a it's a movie about the director's own experience, childhood experience back in yes. that time, which is a very interesting thing that we as as we have mentioned that there's a lot of biographical movies that was on Oscars, but there's also this type of personal childhood stories like Belfast and Ligorich Pizza and this Hand of God like they all these directors who kind of felt like I want to make a film about my childhood in that time a kind of show and they all made a different type of films of it and in fact I read that the Hand of God Paolo Sorrentino decided to make that film after seeing the Roma that was the, ah, uh, really? the audience favorite back uh, some years ago yeah because that film was also about childhood and it was kind of kind of broke that bank you know uh, it kind of was a big the one of the first uh, now modern like uh, noticeable films about like your own childhood and stuff like this so i i feel like all of these directors Paul Sorrentino is very honest about it and says that that really impacted me that okay if he can make a film maybe i can make a film about my childhood so it's really yeah. directly linked but maybe Paul Thomas Anderson and Kenneth Branagh kind of felt also a little bit of an opportunity to kind of explore yeah. that. So yeah, so it's also like like this licorice pizza and Paul Thomas Anderson. This hand of God is made by a professional director. Everything is in the place and done very well. Yeah, and maybe if we compare to Liquor's Pizza, I did get more into that character, into the society, into the... It's, Italy is also a very different place. It was also very alien to me and like, it's, it's amazing to think somebody lives in that kind of place, like grows up a childhood, like amazing location, like It's like a city of gods, that's how it feels like. You know uh, yeah. all the locations mm. he found, and indeed in this short film documentary where he goes through the some of the sets locations that he showed, like this underground in the tunnel, this yeah weird, the grotto, yeah amazing places. That there are grottos, there, right? and you can go there. Yeah. Like this kid goes there, as it just there, you know, and mm. but but it, he managed to kind of create, ground it, and kind of tell tell me kind of. To, what to look at this in a more universal way? What is the human human element underneath all of that? And yes, kind of, you know. Mm. So so you can kind of step in and live in that place with the boy, and from your own perspective also, and kind of learn about that. You know, Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't teach you about LA in a way, as much. But also, Derino kind of, you know, introduces like like I was a little bit interested to see how does this ha hand of God and 
like uh, football play into this and is it going to be something that I truly understand but I was able to really kind of get it why it was so important for everybody it was so present everywhere all the time they always mentioned it and it was really this kind of God figure and, for all of and he people. had this metaphor as things there with the women mostly like this family the large family and the neighbors there and there was some kind of a metaphor he's very daring he's to make solutions and he succeeded I think he succeeded. Wonderful, all this <laughs> this family there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, all of this family is like they, how they play tricks to this neighbor lady about uh, <laughs> her acting and stuff like this. And lovely parents and lovely this whole like family uh, celebrations that were they were on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, very wonderful. All this extravaganza with the neighbor woman. I think it was not the family, it was neighbor one comes out in this hot weather with the fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> and she's eating separate. Uh, yeah. uh, funny. And um, uh, all these connections to real other directors back in that time, there are like film sets and it's about these yes, interesting yes. films. Elegant, it's an time. elegant film. And it's, it, I, I would say that it's also like maybe for people interested you know, it's 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 maybe most accessible film of Sorrentino. It's a very kind of straightforward. Like usually, he has a lot of out of place, alienating scenes and moments in his films. A lot like uh, suddenly, camera just starts moving around, and there's like really kind of uh, scenes and moments that doesn't really in a doesn't connect in a linear story sense. But they are just there as other type of storytelling and stuff. You have, for example, in this beginning of this film, you have a little bit of that with this weird dream sequence that is not a dream, but it's kind of a weird moment. But then after that, it becomes a very straightforward family drama. And what about this aunt? It was his real aunt who was going around naked. In It's not uh, really... See, Probably uh, not the scene that they are all on the boat watching her naked lying down the sun. Well, that that yeah, I, I was thinking so, so. I was I was reminded a little bit of uh, when when you make a childhood film, and when you kind of then explore your childhood through this film and these characters. You know, mm. one person who nobody has done on the level is Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky, ah, yeah, yeah. if anybody has done, old Chandra. <laughs> out of making your childhood movies. Nobody does yeah, a movie yeah. like him. And he yeah. has this brilliant kind of methods of how he is very expressionistic and kind yeah. of like uh, like he picked up, he chose for his mother character in his movie, he's chosen an opera singer with the huge, biggest breasts. I never and, forget and, her, and, never. And every line this character delivers is an opera singing. Yeah. And he said in an interview, because that's how he always saw his mother, like it's this big opera singer with this yeah. biggest breast ever. And he kind of, he kind of uh, exaggerates that to the highest level in his film, because yeah, it's, that's wonderful. how you felt as a, yeah. as a kid. And I feel like maybe Sorrentino utilizes some of that type of yeah. expressionism it, in, in, in this woman, for example, that that's mm -hmm. how it felt, that of this is all that this always naked that's how she he view her all the time as mm. this like 
this this uh, sexual object and desire. Yeah, and there's a lot of levels to think about here, and it never ends. It's kind. That's why it's a good movie. Yeah, it's very recommendable for people. So don't get uh, confused of this hand of God <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no. So yeah, interesting movie. Then we have next. Uh, we have a couple of films still. We, you still want to say something about Flea? Uh, no, only that it's a very good story about the refugees, how they actually happen the, to save themselves from Afghanistan to Denmark. And it's a long, hard way, and it's worthwhile to see. Yeah, it was a very interesting movie for once to have. Like, um, it was, it it had it had it had three nominations. It was documentary, mm. animated, and international. Ah, uh, international very, best I, um, picture. Yeah, I rarely yeah. have seen a movie that kind of encapsulates those three categories in that sense. Maybe uh, yeah. uh, Waltz with Basir would have kind of deserved something yes. like that before. So I'm uh, very nice that people make uh, documentaries that can kind of show it in an animated way or something. Very <laughs> yeah. nice. I haven't seen yeah. it. Ah, no? But you no. you can see it, it's in the Finnish television. Yeah, at the arena, I can see it there. Mm. So looking forward it, to that. It's worthwhile to see, even if it's long. It feels long. The only thing in it that it feels long, but I couldn't know what to take away from it. You can't take away <coughs> from it anything. Mm. So, so the last film on our, on our that, or list that we wanted to talk about is that we wanted to save it as the last one is actually the, the best film of this Oscar topic that we uh, thought. At least it's the best film of the Oscar films, not necessarily the best film of the year, like there's many other films, but from all, all the Oscar films, this ranked the high, highest for both of us. From but it it was not selected as one of the f best films. Yeah, it wasn't the best picture. It was just one single nomination, which was uh, Kristen Stewart's uh, main the character best role. Yeah, the best woman character, best actress, actress, and outstanding performance. Yeah, really, really, really great. And it's also the the third film that Johnny Greenwood made music for for that year for this year. Um, oh, he, yeah, he made three films. He made ah, oh, which ones? Power of the Dog that he got a nomination for, and then uh -huh. uh, Licorice Pizza. Pizza he did music for that it, mm -hmm. it had many existing films that it used licensed films but then Greenwood did like the original music for it and then this film oh yeah and I think this film he should have deserved an Oscar nomination for this I film also I think so too because I've seen it twice you know mm -hmm. And the second time, this music also impressed me very much. I, I was so amazed in the first time yeah. about the whole thing, the whole conception of this fairy tale and everything. But on the second, I could analyze it more, and this music made a really great impression. Yes, and we haven't yet to say, even said the name of the film. So it's indeed, it's uh, Spencer. 
from uh, Ah, we did say it yet. <laughs> yeah, from okay. Pablo R- Lorraine. Yes. Who did before uh, he did Jackie. From Chile, I think. Yeah. So he did before he did Jackie and uh, yeah. other films also. I think he did something between them. But uh, this kind of feels like continuing his team like of that that kind of connects with Jackie because Jackie is uh, is kind of a story about a princess or a queen in, in yeah, distress. Yeah, it's American royalty. Yeah, in, a, in American soil. And Spencer is of course a movie about Diana, which is but it's a very different type from any other biographical films. Like it, you shouldn't really go and see it as a biography movie. No. You, you mm. will not get really any information about Diana's life really, except her relationship with her sons and her husband that does, is mostly absent throughout the whole film. Yeah, except that it, those days really happened. Like, not he imagined the whole, whole thing, but those three days of Christmas, yeah. she was in that Balmoral castle with yeah, he, he yeah. Lorraine kind of visualizes and dramatizes the 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 that event of of spending Christmas at this mansion, and he he focuses on the the like there's these sorts of the the uh, kitchen staff doing their their work and everything. By the way, I, I like I like the actor of the of the main chef, Son Harris. Yeah, Sam really, Harris was, yeah, really well, I also, he was a good one. And maybe one of the only friends she really had, like, mm. Mm. So, so it's a, it's an interesting movie in that sense that it's not really, it doesn't try to describe actual events or uh, Diana's life or something. It's really like this short period of time and it's basically imagines the moment when Diana chose to get a divorce from Prince Harry. Yeah, I understood that, that also. But even mm. that is not really necessary to know. Yeah, like, no. Because the, the beauty of this film is that um, like like, like I, I, I often criticize to people about the, when in the beginning of the film there is this this text that says this is a true story except when it isn't or you know, like just say it's fictional, then a yeah, stupid yeah. way to say it. But in the beginning of this film, it says this is a fairy tale. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect description of this film because it kind of it, it abstracts it from the reality that as a because fairy tales are universal symbolisms. You know, they we, we they are more psychological. You yeah. know, like they are not about any specific person it's a kind of uh, allegory or you know moral tale you know but and in a similar sense spencer it's 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 i i felt it as a very universal tale about describing somebody's existentialist crisis you know but it's just yeah. in this setup this way of that, that your world is in a mansion, but you feel like you don't fit in, in this. Yeah, this. it was, I think that's why it was necessary for him to make this scene in the beginning, when she's driving to 
to this place and on the way she loses her way and she goes into the cafe, in a normal cafe and she walks in and she's all over the world known character and she's a real princess and like a fairy tale princess. In the same time she's lifted out of that thing and made as a fairy tale princess because nobody can in that cafe, the normal people, they just watch. Nobody can even open their mouths and say anything to help her. Because they suddenly are like in a fairy tale. Yeah. Those cafe people. They see a real princess and that's kind of out of a storybook. Yeah, I, I felt like that scene was very necessary for a very, very simple element in the film for effect because most of the film takes place in the mansion where we see Diana compared to the royalties and we feel like she doesn't belong there and in that that there's a there's a very very small uh, scene in the beginning with her with other let's say common people you know in the mm. at, at farmers and stuff and we see that she doesn't fit the, with them really either like she, yeah. she's kind of out of place in the world. Yeah. She's kind of the, the whole point of the, the the way she doesn't belong there, and then later doesn't belong the mansion. Kind of sets up this this crisis for her to find her place. Yes, and Where, also the third point there was that she has a home home mansion near the castle, mm. and there there's no place either. It's yeah, it's not existing like. Yeah, it's an abandoned yeah. structure that we see. Uh, we see crumbled down, but symbolically like. Yeah, I see. and there's just a field with this scarecrow and a jacket, and that's kind of all that is left is her father's jacket, and it's. Uh, I, I like how it plays with these symbolisms. It, it does very, instead of a real, well. real reality story. It's it's just kind of feels. To me, it feels most of the time as a like series of montage that it happens in her mind, kind of yes. more. It's it's a very psychological film, and it just describes a person in crisis, a kind of uh, about talks about this uh, depression, existential crisis. Yeah, like, like she's one of the fashions which they have to shoot. Yeah, and then oh. this this, mm. uh, this that she was suffering from uh, is it bulimia or yes she was suffering from and it describes that also as as a, as a human being not as necessarily as a diana yeah but as very human not not She's as all the see, time it's, it's human, not trying yeah. to really analyze diana as a celebrity it's trying to analyze diana as a human being and that's what i like about it that you can relate to her in a very universal and, uh, level and the husband tries in the middle to tell her that look you are two you have to be two you have to be two you can't be one and she can't be two mm. she's she's only one mm. yeah so uh, this is a fantastic film and i really recommend anybody to see it it just you know in one hand if you are interested in diana and royalties in another hand, you don't have, even have to see that such, you know, you can, it's a wonderful psychological drama about a person. Well, I would like to say something about Kristen Stewart's acting, mm -hmm. about the, 
the way she talks and the way she behaves, she has obviously te- seen all the films about Diana and she's doing it like she, because it's very strange the way she looks always from the side, and she, because she's, she's performing this uh, acting in that way that um, what it is to stand in front of all those huge amounts of people all the time. So she's trying, she can't face it. it no one can face it. So this is a woman, only woman who has to face it all. So she's acting in that way, and if it looks strange, that's what it is, I think. Mm. Yeah. How would you behave if you meet hundreds of people non-stop, non-stop? Mm. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know so much about Diana. I, I've seen some interviews of her and stuff. I didn't really grow up with, with Diana. Like I, just, I remember from news and stuff but um, I, I feel like it's a wonderful combination of Diana like how she behaves but also this this way of Kristen Stewart acting like she gives some of her personality that like she's a type mm-hmm. of actress who who does give part of her like yes like Isabel Huppert you know it's, it's you can feel always that it's Christmas too. Yeah, yeah, very much. When, when it's in that part where she's acting with her boys, with the chi- her two children, when they are playing together, like you can see, Christmas Stewart is probably not at all as an individual person, nothing like that. But she can act like Diana as a mother of those boys. No, it's the way she talks very quickly. It's also the way, like, she's not allowed to talk, talk as herself, this Diana. Mm-hmm. She was never allowed to talk like herself, she has to all the time uh, uh, perform. Mm-hmm. And so Kristen Stewart is performing the performance of Diana. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know what I think, I think, uh, Pablo Lorraine, I, I I would be shocked if he's not going to have a third film about <laughs> yeah, royalty yeah. because yeah, which this, one this you is think? so so uh, ripe for like a trilogy of royalties, and it's, uh, yeah. it's hard to say because first was an American royalty, now it's a more traditional English royalty, and I I cannot even. No, He's very courageous to do that because it's uh, something enormous he's against in the, uh, no, in front of him. All mm-hmm. that power and royalty and all this and he's doing it is really recommendable. So he will have third, sure. Yes, I w- I w- this would be very nice trilogy. I think myself that as first we are talking about Oscars here, you know, that I think that Kristen Stewart should have got the main uh, actress Oscar, for sure. Yes. Do you remember who got it? Yeah, Jessica Chastain. Ah, yeah, for the eyes of... uh... Tammy Faye. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but she's a very good actress, but it's uh, in this case, I think this was amazing dispense acting. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, I think that was all the Oscar films that we. Or is yeah, there I something hope, still you wanted to say? Um, I hope that um, you got all the all the people you got some ideas about <laughs> inspiration, what to watch and what is what's going on like. Yes. In the film world. Indeed. Well, I could say something like myself that I don't know remember now. Did I say that? There were four films in this year that they were over the others for me. You mean the best films? Yeah. The okay. Yeah. yeah, I I just want to say the Spencer is the, the I put on the first, but as good really was Parallel Mothers. Yeah. And uh, another was this Licorice Pizza, which I'm, I'm defending fiercely. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it will stand in time really good. And uh, fourth is the Dune. Mm. It's I, I don't see any mistakes in Dune. It's really something. I think it helped that you didn't read the book. Don't know the story really. Yeah, so yeah, for you probably. It doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't cut in the middle. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. I'm waiting for the second part, and it, yeah. then it will come more completely. Right? Yes, me too. Okay, so those four, I think, went over the others. Okay. Yeah, I, for me it was uh, Spencer who that really got to my to a top list of the year. Other other were good, but didn't get to any to to, to such a level that I would say that they're like. Best movies of the year. Yeah. Mm, outstanding art, this dispenser. Okay, so that was a very nice discussion. Was yes. good to go through all those with you. Yes. And we'll see you the next time. Yeah. Bye bye. Oh, well, thank you. Bye bye.